Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, uh, SchoolOwnerTalk.com, and uh, we have a special guest today, Allie, uh, Mr. John Hackleman, and uh, our topic, our subject today for our 140th uh, podcast is uh, Kata versus No Kata. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm truly honored. <laughs> yes. And enthralled, I can I, tell. I, I am. I am. I, I am. I really am. Yeah. Well, what, I, else, we, what else would I be doing? I'd be, I'd be working somewhere else and hating my life, but I'm honored that I get to be around martial artists doing what I love to do. And this is actually work. I'm actually on the clock right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm honored. But anyway. No, no, thank you. Hey, I, I, I want to kind of lay the, the, the background here real quick if we could. And, uh, Allie, if you don't mind, let's start with our guest. And, John, tell us a little bit about your, your background, you know, before you tell me why we're qualified, you know, you're qualified to say no kata. Uh, um, I started off as a martial artist. Uh, I started off at nine years old. That was 1969. Um, and I started with judo uh, and uh, kajukenpo, a little bit of shotokan. And I... At nine years old, I actually went out looking for martial arts gyms because um, the the town I was with was pretty tough, and I, I heard um, I heard that it was going to get rougher when I got got older. Uh, we moved from the mainland to Honolulu, Hawaii, and I just always heard things about what they do to foreigners, you know, howlies or white people, mm-hmm. and uh, so I started training uh, on my own. I mean, I started looking for gyms in the Yellow Pages at nine years old, and I, I went to a Shotokan school for a while, a judo school for a while, um, and then at 10, I found Kajukempo uh, with Walter Godin, and I, I've been there, I was there till the day he died when I was 30-something, and anyway, so I was there the whole time, and I started training, and, and I started, I started, that was my, that was all I did, that's all I did from... 10 years old till actually today. I'm doing a martial arts thing right now. It's a video with two guys that like to do katas. So I'm going to do a video with them. And and so I'm still doing my martial arts. And that's from 10 years old. But I've done, I think I've done a little of everything. I've fought in every, I've fought in no holds barred fights. I've fought in kickboxing matches. I've won titles in kickboxing matches. Uh, I did boxing from Golden Gloves all the way up to, um, uh, pro, um, and I've 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 went from first degree, uh, black belt all the way to tenth degree black belt. Um, so I'm a martial arts guy, basically. I, I consider myself a karate guy, and that's that's pretty much all I am. Uh, but that's that's my background. Right. I've well, trained now, some fighters. I've trained some fighters too. Uh, just, right? some, just some, none of the, no one's special, right? <laughs> So I've trained some fighters uh, in boxing. I've, I've trained some guys for the, the Golden Gloves. Um, I've been a boxing trainer. I did some kickboxing trainer. I even got some guys to the K1 championships. Um, and I've done some MMA training, Chuck Liddell, Glover Teixeira, uh, Court McGee, uh, Ramsey Nijam, et cetera. So I've done a little of it all. Um, but even even though I have to be – uh, well-rounded in my training of my guys, uh, I always, always just consider myself a karate guy. So basically, I'm a karate guy. All right. 
Well, Allie, why don't you uh, give your background a little bit and, and why you're you're for, um, you know, before we get into why you're actually for Katas. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I've done martial arts my entire life. I was born in 65, started training in 68, so it's been a long time. I'm going to be 53 this year, and I've been doing martial arts literally almost every day of my life. I've been really fortunate. I had some family members in the martial arts that trained me. I was in a great school, old school mentality where, you know, John and I, I can attest to what the martial arts were then compared to what they are nowadays. You know, it was real hardcore training. Um, and uh, and it still is in some schools and, and so on. But I mean, and I trained in uh, Filipino martial arts with Chuhan Chris Sayak, one of the most dangerous knife fighters in the world in Leogahi. And um, I went away to Japan in 1991 and traveled there 17 times training with one of two ninjutsu masters. And um I've always done classical martial arts. I've always done realistic self-defense based martial arts. And, um, it, it, you know, it was, it's just something that I've always loved. And I love the self-defense aspect of it. I, I do sport. I run a martial art tournament um, uh, circuit. But, uh, but I love the classical real deal self-defense martial arts. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get into this whole debate. Uh, first off, I'm kind of curious, um, you know, with with regards to katas, and I guess we probably need to start this out where, you know, Ali, you're defending katas. And well, then- I have to say that I watch John a lot on his Facebook live posts, and sometimes I'm pain in the butt, and I'll chime in, and I may have a, uh, you know, I'm, I may be with him or against him on certain comments or, or disagreements or slightly different varied opinions. So, I, I mean, I think we agree on most everything that he talks about. However, um, I, I, I think Kata is genuinely misunderstood. And, um, and, and I could get into that a little bit more as we start talking. And I saw that John was talking about how Kata is useless. Um, so, and, and, uh, you know, maybe John, you could take off from that and see like, you know, what your opinion, I, and I know it's legitimate why you're saying that. And I think it's in the perception of what you see as Kata. Uh, yeah. And, and, and some people go so far as to throw in stuff like, well, if you do a combination, that's a Kata, and there's people that make up katas that are more realistic now. And okay, well, when I'm talking about kata, we could, I could, I could throw a one-two hook and say, oh, there's a pit kata right there, and it's, that's not a kata. I mean, a kata is a kata, and you can recognize a kata. So, and then, and and I don't, I'm not against katas. I actually love katas. I've actually, I actually love katas. I really love them. Yeah. And I love to watch them, and I think they're great for a lot of things. Um, I, I, I've actually judged uh, divisions at tournaments, even musical katas and creative katas. I right. love katas, but they don't belong in your. They do. They do not belong in a core curriculum if you're calling your school a martial arts school. If you're calling your school a kata school, a dance studio, or something, then that's one thing. I think they do belong in martial arts overall, just like I, I, I love, um, I don't know, some people have like silly things like, I don't know, they, they have like Krav Maga or so, stuff like that. They just, they have to, they, some karate schools, their brand isn't enough. So they, they like grab other things in, yeah. in the old days. Remember it used to be Kung Fu, even karate right. schools, Kung Fu is so big. They acted like they taught kung fu, right, right. and and then it was it was uh, 
Taibo. Every karate school on the block in their in their windows said, "We teach Taibo." Yeah. Uh, um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu has taken the uh, Krav Maga, and then Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now yeah. because they don't they their brand isn't they don't feel their brand is strong enough, so they bring in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. Yeah. So those are all adds adds to their their core curriculum, mm-hmm. and that's the way I think that's the way I think kata should be treated. And, and I hear a couple things. Number one, uh, so they're more realistic. Really, that's not a kata. That's a combination. Uh, and then there's this thing called bunkai that people talk about, and that's like some kind of weird. Uh, I guess it's some kind of weird magical translation. Where you can do a, you can do like all these cut these moves, like like all these moves that have absolutely nothing to do with anything, and you can you can bunkai, which I guess you see it through kind of like beer beer goggles, you know, right. and then th- those techniques they'll show like I've even seen them go so far as to to show techniques in a cage where there's actually a fight, and they go. See, this is actually this. Well, I it's actually not, when, it's when, not that when you were when you were debating kata, and I actually put one of those video videos up to show you. But if I could see, I, I kind of think there's a portion of the time we agree where you know kata's gotten to a point where it, it, it is known as what you're saying, where it's a series of movements. See, so when I was training in Japan, and I trained with really classical Japanese martial artists. I mean, these are guys that are you know the that are rooted in 2000 years of history and they look at the uh, martial arts as what we see differently, you know, than what we do in the United States or other countries. So, you know, whether, uh, you know, uh, one of the people just wrote in Bunkai, which you had just said, that's like a prearranged routine um, and uh, the translation of a move in a kata and how it works in self-defense. But my debate always is like kata means many different things. Like for example, the word itself could mean many different things. So if people know the translation, when they hear the word kata, they think of a prearranged 22 set movement where you do these different moves in different directions and you bow at the end. But real true kata basically means flow. It means fluidity. It me- it actually even means the word shoulder in Japanese. It's the, the name for your shoulder, the translation to shoulder. So there's many other ways, but it's about fluidity and flow. And a kata could be anything from a high block and a punch to a, um, you know, a a kick, that's all considered kata in Japan. Like when we're taught technique, we're taught kata. We're not taught groups of long movements and routine. We're taught one or two moves, if that makes sense. So, so I think we agree on certain things, but disagree that kata is, is, is an individual movement. It is a one-two punch. It is a, um, a combination because that's how kata originated. It didn't originate as 27 moves in, a, in the kind of prearranged dance routine mentality. Hey, John, I, I got a question for you with what, something that you said uh, with regards to the fact that, you know, a school shouldn't be calling themselves a martial arts school if, if they have, and clarify this for me, if they have kata um, as a part of their curriculum. Can you kind of clarify that? Well, it's a, it's a broad statement, but if you're a martial arts school, like I never understood how you could be a martial arts school. To me, the word martial art means fighting art, period. And and what Ali said is great about kata, but that's not what I'm debating. I'm not debating a one, two. If you want to say a one, two is a kata, then I'm saying I I teach kata all day. Yeah, exactly. 
I'm talking about anything when you look one way. If your hand ends up he starts here, then it's you've got me right there. You're, if you start your hand right here, right? They say it's uh, what do you call it? Hit, hiti, hitai, yeah. or whatever. And, and they say it's grabbing. So they've changed it on me, but I don't know why it's grabbing because it starts here. So if right. if you're grabbing, you would start here and then it would come back to here. But they right. actually start their technique like this. So they're not. Why would they reach out and grab if they're starting it here and then pulling back? That's one thing. Right. So anyway, um, so there's. I mean, so to me, people play with the hitai. Okay, hiltai. Yeah. yeah. Um, so some. I mean, to me, a lot of people will play with different terms and say, "Well, kata is this and this is a kata." I'm gonna. What, my definition of kata is like. Uh, uh, I'll just say I'll round I'll round down and say fifteen prearranged movements okay. with low low stances and 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 hand positioning that makes absolutely no sense in the real world. If you do any kind of movement here or you're in a, this position, you lost me, and it has nothing to do with fighting. You can't boonkai your way out of that one. Yeah, you just well, can't. You know what? The hands on the. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, I think okay. that, you know, it, it really is a matter of interpretation, too. Like, I guess how we teach our students these days. And, and you know, I think that's why martial arts has kind of made a, a full circle turn uh, or a full left turn. And, and people love BJJ and MMA because to them, immediately they see the application. You know, it's easy to, you know, to, to wave a punch or grab in and, and capture and take someone down. That's easy for people to see. But in classical martial arts, um, you know, they look at this as a lifelong study. Like that's why Krav Maga was so important. People didn't want to spend their lives learning how to do self-defense. They wanted to learn it quick and efficiently and be able to get out of a dangerous situation. So Krav Maga became very relevant. Um, but for me, traditional martial arts is, you know, a lifelong study. And, you know, there are certain things like um, you know, hand positioning, um, and even in my style where we do this elongated kind of stance where our arms are out or we hold our hands out in front of us, um, and that's for creating distancing or posturing. And it's no different than how a guy in the ring would, you know, lean his head forward to get the guy to throw a punch at him, or right, or you know, wave in to do to lure it's way different. Out. Yeah, it's way something. different. It's way different. If if you're if you're if you're, can you see me? Yeah, I see you. Like if you're if you're if you're lower on one leg, your legs straight, and you're right. leaning all the way back, right. and your hand is up in some weird positioning, yeah, it's, that's that's not. I mean, that's just there's no there's no re, I mean, there's no reality to that. I mean, uh, I don't. I me, don't. To me, a fight, a fight, a martial art. If fast, they're not going to show you like just completely random, esoteric, crazy stuff, and then say. Well, I know you're in a class to learn how to do stitching, but we wanted to, you want it one way. So you have to like walk on the ground and then you have to pick up thread and you have to make it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to, it's a lifelong study. I agree, but it's a martial art. So you want to learn martial art. So you shouldn't ever, do, you shouldn't have to grab something called Krav Maga. Your martial art should teach you martial arts from hey, day one. Hey, it shouldn't hey, be I, I agree. 
I agree with you there. I mean, there's so many schools that have very empty martial arts or they, they don't have the background in, in a specific martial arts. So they have to grab onto, like you said before, you know, Krav Maga, BJJ, Muay and whatever the case may be to make their school relevant, right? And then there are those, like you mentioned, Kajo Kempo, a pretty realistic, uh, you know, self-defense art. I did Kempo. Um, I love Kempo. Most of my friends are Kempo guys and, um, you know, the combinations and the techniques and, and the, what you guys would call a routine or whatever it may be, that's self-defense in my opinion, right? So here's the thing though, Can and I'm going to ask you this. So so for me, martial means military, military arts, defending your life for realistic situation. Um, the word kata to me is totally different, even though that we do kata, which are groups of, of movements together. I also do self-defense training. You know, someone throws a punch, someone throws a one-two punch, someone grabs you, someone swings a weapon at you, and we train all of those scenarios. But um, what I was saying before about posturing and stances, that all creates, and, and not an unrealistic, like, you know, Ralph Macchio on one leg and the karate kid with his hands out, you know, waiting for the kick and punch to come in. I'm talking about, you know, just like even if you had your hands up, you know, uh, and posturing and keeping a person back in, in a real life situation, all of that has value. And to me, that's what I call kata. Um, you know, so that's why we, we kind of agree and we kind of disagree. But um, and then someone just wrote in kata is great for memorizing movements and kids love to do it. Yes, I agree with that. But um, it's not necessarily what we're talking about. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I want to, I want my kids and my students to learn self-defense. I want if someone attacks them in the street, them know how to handle it. And, and traditional martial arts teaches that, you know, the the the. The idea of kata in my eyes is different than what most other people see. So that that's where I think we have a strong debate on it. I guess, I mean, but if you go to a karate tournament and you go to a division, they're not going to just go out there, put their hands up and go, right. and then bow. I mean, right. a kata is, even if you go to a kata tournament, uh, it's it's there's certain criteria to call it a kata. I yeah. think it has to be X amount of moves. Yeah. And it has to it has to face x amount of uh, directions, yeah. and it has to face back to the instructor. So right. my thing is, yeah, my kids, but um, but they don't. My kids do not want to learn kata's. They want to learn realistic stuff. Um, but but yeah. just so like just putting your hands out isn't 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 a kata. That's a stance. So you. Boom. And then you can't say, well, I just taught him a kata. No, but, so, kata, but to but, me, kata wastes the time that you you have an hour to teach adults and probably a half an hour to 45 minutes right. to teach kids. If you start teaching them movements where they're leaning in their front legs straight and their hands are in weird positions that have nothing to do with reality, you're wasting their, their, their you're wasting that kid's time. Because that has nothing to do with anything, and then well, you're wasting the parents' money. Well, with the, with with that, I I think too that in in regards to kata and self defense, um, you know, those things involve uh, martial art training, right? So here's the thing that I always said, you know, and, and you've been around the MMA fight game. I don't know if you can you hear me, John? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So you've been around the MMA fight game for such a long time, right? So people are going in the ring and, and, you know, I see classical martial artists have a, have more of a longevity in the MMA fight game because of their mental training and mental attitude. Um, rather than somebody who just learned how to fight and fight in the ring, they lose, they get in trouble, they quit, they, you know, whatever. So to me, Kata also trains the mind. If we're talking about long motion uh, movements, it trains the mind, which then strengthens the mind, which then straighten, strengthens the fighter. Um, do you agree with that? Uh, no, no. Okay. I think, I think, I, I think, like number one, I think the most, um, I think the the most uh, fighters with the most longevity are are martial artists, but that includes wrestlers. Uh, wrestlers uh, are wrestlers. Wrestlers have a hard work ethic, and they put in hours in training. They're known for their hard training. Right. Uh, karate people aren't. You know, I I was a hardcore training because I was fighting. But in yeah. a, in in most karate classes, you're not doing hardcore training like a wrestling class. Yeah. So to me, the longevity, long elongated movements, to me don't create longevity. Yeah. To me, the kids. The kids doing rounds on the bag, rounds shadow boxing, yeah. rounds drooling, rounds sparring. Yeah. To me, there's no no place for anything with more than say three. I'll say four movements in a row that are pre prearranged because anything longer than that is it, it, it defies well, reality. Because well, a fight a fight's gonna be ba 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 ba. Yeah, what so. about what about guys who are training mitt routines that let, you know there's like 27, 30 moves to a mitt routine. Yeah, I, I, I think that's I think I think that's fun and it looks good like a kata. Yeah. But but it has nothing to do with with uh, with reality. But don't you I feel think, uh, that you know with repetitive practice sometimes with movements movements flow from one thing to the other that way. So in yeah. other words, you know you're doing a mitt routine, you're doing like six or seven moves, and then it gets it gets into your muscle memory, and that becomes, in my term, I would say that becomes kata. That is a kata. That's not the kata that you think about a thirty move kata, but it is right. a, it is a kata. So there is a debate, and I'm a, a realistic self defense school. Like my school, I want them to be able to fight. I and we do exactly what you say bag routines sparring grappling ground fighting you know stand-up fighting we're one of those schools that really have hands-on martial art training falls throws wrist locks the whole nine so i think to me that's really we're gonna do a wrist lock we're gonna do a wrist lock video i have oh. a video that said never wrist locks are a waste of time we okay. gotta talk wrist lock well but, then um, we, we oh, have yeah, another but, video to do because that's absolutely totally not true so we could do a whole other video on that um but okay, so you think of a fight, and they do have to do muscle memory. So right. you, you're you're throwing. I, I say there's no no substitution for for repetition. To me, if you say you have to disguise repetition, you're only fooling yourself. You're not fooling right. your students. But anyway, so a, a fight isn't going to be 27 long combinations. The fight's going to be one to three punches and out. So anything longer than that, you want to practice the moves. And it's fun to do all those little katas and stuff, but each fight is not, that's not realistic. A fight's going to be ba 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 move, ba 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 move, ba ba. So if you're doing ba 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 ba, and they pat, 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 those are fun little routines, just like a kata. And there is a place for them because they look cool. Katas yeah. look kind of cool. Because a kid's class is average 45 minutes. 
Not one minute of that time should be wasted on something that has nothing to do, nothing to do with reality. And anytime your hands are here or here or here or something that has nothing to do with what they're going to need in the street or the schoolyard, now you're wasting their time and their parents' money. Yeah. So uh, if you want, unless uh, your mic, your mic keeps ex- your mic keeps cutting out, John. I don't know why. It does. Yeah. Okay. Wait. I got a better one. Sorry about that. Um, no, no problem. So while you're while you're fixing, I'm going to quickly add in though that I believe though that uh, you know teaching children you know deeper stances, how to have a good foundation, how to stand properly. You could do it in the class and say do this and do that, or you could do it in a kata and you could ask them to do it as a prearranged move. So it does become muscle memory. So learning how to do a sanchindachi like a pigeon-toed stance or like a boxer stance, or learning how to do a deep horse stance for throws or for take downs or for all of that stuff so um we didn't lose them did we Dwayne? yeah we did okay so um we got to get them back on there but anyway so that's the the bait with the kata um and i i feel that we have to really make sure um that we don't uh, you know don't we don't mix those two things up real quick but let's let's try to see about getting them back let's see what we got to do um yeah Kata. So anyway, this person here, someone Martin said, Kata adds another dimension to training. I, I agree, Martin. And uh, I don't even think that there's a debate. I think that people, the word Kata, by the way, is a Japanese word. Um, it's you most, yeah, you're back. Um, so, right. so we lost you for a few seconds and I basically just talked about you negatively while you couldn't hear me. So no, I'm just, <laughs> just can you hear me now? Um, yeah, no, I can hear you now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so my, my thing is, we're 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 taking we're taking these kids and we're trying to make them more confident, more you know, more uh, more focused. Have, yeah. have, you know, have, but to me, when you if you take the time that you could have been learning them how to get out of a bear hug or right. how to throw a better hook or yeah. how to be in better shape, because every class has to have a conditioning portion. You yeah, have we, to be conditioned. And I do that at my because school because a fight a fight. A fight includes conditioning. It can do it, can, it. Every fight you should think of involving striking, wrestling, grappling, and and conditioning. Because without conditioning, yeah. look at look at Conor McGregor. He was his conditioning great, but that's what because it wasn't boxing conditioning. He's not right. used. To, and if you're not used to street fighting or schoolyard fighting, then it's going to end very quickly yeah. for you. And kata does nothing to do with that. But I think kata does belong. If you love it and you love those moves and it, they look cool, then make it an upgrade program. They can go like our jiu-jitsu program is big. People actually enter jiu-jitsu tournaments and they love doing jiu-jitsu because some guys don't want to get hit in the face right. and do MMA, right. but they want to compete. Just like right. the old days, people wanted to to do point fight kickboxing because they weren't getting hit in the face and they were still telling them. Yeah, that's yeah. the difference. So now you can say, "Well, I'm training for a fight, and it's a jujitsu match, and you'll never get punched." Right? Well, I agree. And, and here's the it's thing: great though. upgrade. I guess I guess it's really a matter of what your art is all about and it's a matter of what people want to do as far as teaching you know and learning right what do they want out of the martial art 
you know, are, are people joining for just self-esteem? Are they joining just to get in shape? Are they joining just for stress relief? So I guess it all determines where they're at and what they need to do, right? And that, that the person itself. But what I do, do not, I, I agree with you on realism. I think that's very, very important. But what I don't agree with is that there are certain, there are certain things you get out of kata. And, and when I say kata, you know, and by the way, we train exactly like you do. We have conditioning exercises. Um, you know, we do ground grappling, fighting in class where, you know, we are, um, we, we have heavy, hardcore self-defense with throws and, and so on and so forth. So for me, though, realism is everything. However, I believe a lot of uh, martial arts is being lost these days. The, the real martial arts, the battle tested martial arts have been lost. And I think that's why kata now is being frowned upon. So I think that if you learn a real traditional art um, and you learn long-range kata, short-range kata, they all have a benefit. That's what I think. Well, I've seen – I mean, I've been around martial arts 69, and I went to Japan, studied under, you know, some masters too, including uh, um, Kenji, Kenji Kurosaki, who uh, – I actually stayed at his house and he trained me and I fought under him. I yeah. think, I think hearts because they couldn't have it because they just make no sense. But I, yeah, yeah. John, you're, you're also, you're cutting out again to the industrial age. Am I cutting out? Yeah, you are. For some reason, it might be the internet connection. I don't know, but you are cutting in and out like you're, it's freezing up and cutting in and out. Um, how about, how is it better now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. It, it seems like it's fine and then it stops. Like as you get moving and get going, right as your important stuff, it starts to cut out on you and I don't want that to happen. I mean, I think, see, somebody's saying our fighting moves come directly from the forms. And he's a kung fu guy, by the way. Okay, because nothing realistic type I Yeah, you got in a fight. It's cutting out again. Like that whole entire segment, it was just your video, but your words were cutting out. Maybe go back to the Maybe go back to your headphones because it was better that way than it is now, it seems. Sorry. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. So, somewhere during the industrial age where you can't fight anymore and um, you get either you either get in trouble or, or, or sued or, or it's illegal to fight now, right? Yeah. So... People started the karate schools. Why would anyone go to karate school? All of a sudden, you can't fight anymore. In the old days, everybody could fight. You know, even in the old west, people were probably going to quick draw classes so they could right, draw right. their gun quicker. Right. Right. And right. in Japan, they bring their sword better. Yeah. All of a sudden, you can't fight in the street. Karate classes. So they came up with these crazy movements that they were probably telling their students. Well, this is like magical stuff. Yeah. And you got to learn all this it's since 520 in the, in the Shaolin Temple. Yeah. You know what, though? I, I think this and is. And then all these. 
I think there's a certain value Please. to that, though. Like, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, I think there's a certain value to lifelong training. Like, you're a man who's dedicated his life to the martial arts. So have I. So we've seen a lot, right? And I, I think that there are people that want to be flashing the pans. They just want to do martial arts for a short period of time. Um, you know, and, and sadly, they're never going to become masters at their life, at their mind and their spirit, um, let alone masters or be able to defend themselves in the street. So you and I probably know so many high ranking 10th degree black belts with every degree you could possibly think of that couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, you, you know this, right? So sadly, though, um, th there's a lot of charlatans in the martial arts. However, I believe that, you know, through um, lifelong training and dedication to kata and perfection of technique, and not just kata, I mean, to perfection of your martial art, that's how you become an all around fighter, right? And that's where I think is, it's lost these days. But I don't, I don't think prearranged, non-functioning, uh, ineffective techniques practiced has anything to do with, I don't think it has to do with technique. I don't think it has to do with stamina. I don't think it has to do with longevity because like some martial arts, people have guys 80 years and there's no katas in it. There's just the yeah. movements that they use for their art. So right. if we just had like punches, you just taught the kids the uppercut, the jab, the hook, the weave, yeah. the elbows, the knees, the takedown defense. You just te teach the kids that. There's no re there's no reason to teach them a bunch of prearranged. Yeah. I think to me, you put that in and say it's for their longevity. To me, it's just the only reason it's for their longevity is because they're watering down your everyday techniques and you're making them lose these silly techniques that mean nothing and it's and the parents' money. So I, I think I think combinations, drills, bag work, conditioning, grappling, sparring, I think that's great. If you like katas because you're a kata guy, like say you're Mike Chat and you open the school, yeah. you're gonna do katas all day long. Right. But if you're not but if you do want to keep katas in your system, then if you call yourself a martial arts school, you have to be teaching them martial arts and then katas have nothing to do with that on the side with your jitsu class and with your stick fighting class and with your break dancing class or your pop locking class or whatever yeah. it should be an upgrade and upgrades are great because all businesses have upgrades we have yeah. an upgrade to jujitsu and we have people winning jujitsu tournaments yeah we have people i have an mma yeah so i have an mma school and it's separate but connected to my yeah. uh, curriculum class so we have we have a fitness class that for people that don't want to drill just do fitness so we have upgrades and that's what kata yeah curriculum I think I think we're still stuck in disagreement on um, the term and the word kata, and and I get it. You're describing kata in your in your view as these crazy antiquated movements that have no value in real world self defense or, or technique. I I have kata, and I get it. You know, a down block and a reverse punch, or a, or a movement with a shuto strike. You know, if taught correctly, people see it. Like for example, in, in a kata that we do, we do a 
chamber into a Shuto strike, right? So people think that this movement is for us to do a Shuto block on someone's punch. But in reality, what it is, is the grabbing of someone's hand, pulling it inside, and then Shutoing to the throat. So when taught properly, it's a realistic self-defense move. You probably do it in Kempo all the time, right? You're grabbing and hitting and striking and so on, right? right. So, so, so it really all depends on what and how kata is being taught and then you know i get it i don't you know kata for tournaments flashy bows backflips flips and tucks and all this crazy stuff that's what we call show kata open kata okay talking about let me kata. ask you this yeah let me ask you this is there any technique in a kata that you have where you actually start with your hand back on your hip and your hand is in some type of position and you have anything except a fighting stance like you're you're weighing it's a front stance or a back stance, or anything but a real yeah. starts here in any position, then yeah. Um, I tell you, you want them to get punched in the face. You're saying start here. Well, well, so well, we, we wouldn't ask him to start there and do a self defense technique against an attacker that way. However, those transitions, it's like grappling. Um, you know what is the saying? It's a uh, transition a position transition submission right the three levels of of grappling right you want to get into position you want to transition and from position to position and then you work out on some sort of submission whether it be a choke an arm bar or if it were striking it would be a knockout right so i mean the same thing goes for us where you know a movement would work from there so like we it may look like when we're doing our kata and we pull back into chamber and we strike that would look like a shuto block to most people they'd see that as a shuto block to us it's a trap and tap of the arm and then a strike it could be a hammer fist a shuto strike to the jaw the face or whatever right so um so there is realism and i get it you you know but you can't take out every single movement that might be useless because sometimes Why? things are Why? not useless Why not? well Why because, not? But, that, because the, but starting start yeah. always useless it's not only useless it's deadly it, it'll get your guy killed and yeah. if guys in the street in the ring i've seen guys that have a karate background start like this and just get knocked out with a left hook or a face kick. I, I agree so there's no at all ever remember in the Remember in the early days of the UFC where they had, you know, when they would say sumo versus karate guy yeah. and this guy's been training his whole life for the one, you know, the one kill punch and, and they were getting slaughtered by jujitsu guys, right. right? You know, so I get what you're saying. I do. However, I still feel that mental fortitude is developed through longevity and training in many different aspects. And, and listen, I've trained with Navy SEALs. Where's and, that? Well, Where's that come in? Well, Where's the fortitude? Saying, there's that, no fortitude in a bad thing. It's like me saying, I'm teaching fortitude, so I'm teaching my fighters to actually start with their hands on their, on their, uh, on their thighs so they can bring them up quicker. And then they're well, going to do that in the, in the cage when the fight starts, and they're going to get knocked out. So well, there's well, no fortitude. It's just, it's just well, there is bad. There, were you saying that in regards to that one movement, right? So in our style, we have different posturing where our hands are out, our hands are in front, our hands are down all creating reaction or movement from the other opponent. So the posture, which we call Kamai in our Japanese martial art, is actually the attitude and luring out something within a fighter. Similar to like we said before, where a fighter may lean in to try to get the jab thrown at him so that they could counter or, you know, whatever. So, I, I mean, I think there's value.
value in everything that you're saying and what I'm saying too. I, I, I agree with you. Certain things are, you know, it's just not there for fighting. And, and I understand that and I don't disagree. But I also find that there are kata for the sake of kata, for the sake of practice, for the sake of the art, for the, for the sake of mental training and patience and perseverance and all of that, that also has a lot of value. And then the, you know, the movements sometimes are not exactly like I showed you with that shooter strike. It's not exactly what it may appear to be. So um, we also have a move where we stand on one leg and we, we kind of, and I always ask my students, would you ever do this in the street? And they say no. And I say, this is really more of a low shin block and then a front kick. So it's teaching you how to, you know, pull your leg up and shin block and then strike from there. But we started from one one leg with the foot up to start the training. And that's part of our kata. But um, when I ask my students, they'll say, no, nah, I would never do that. That's useless. And then I explain what it is. And now would you use it? Oh, absolutely. So that there's what I mean by kata and hidden movements. Okay. So, but there's nothing hidden about this. So if you have would you ever use this in the street? And if all my students said no, I'll say, well, let's take it out of the curriculum then. Right. You never have to do it again. Right. Never. So if it was in a kata or if it was in anything, I would just say, okay, it's gone. Right. Just, just let's think, because there's not enough hours in the day. I mean, repetition of, of and when you say art, there's, art, I don't think of our art as like a dance art. I think of it, our art as a, mar, a, a fighting art and everything right. in it should should be for the betterment of their martial arts. So that's what, it's a martial art, not because some people separate and go, well, it's martial art. So martial is the fighting part. And then art is either the pop locking, which I love to do. Yeah. And, or, I've, or. I've seen you do that too. And you're good at it. Thanks. But I don't, but I don't include it in my curriculum. That's an upsell. If people want to do pop locking with me, I'll warm up with them all day long. We'll pop lock, yeah. but I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's part of my curriculum. Just like I'm not gonna do a kata, because to me they're both the same. They're yeah. a bunch of dance moves that look really cool right. and they're really fun for some people to learn, but they have no place if it's called martial art because you can't separate the martial and the art. Martial fighting, art dance like no. Yeah. It's a martial art. That means it's right. it's a fighting art. It's it's it's, it's for fi fighting. There's nothing pretty about it. There's nothing that should be moving or flowing or great or anything. When that fight starts, ding ding ding. It's gonna be like that. You can't flow your way out of when some guy's trying to take your head off and kill you, so you can't get home to your family. That's when you have to just teach them succinct, uh, you know, movements. In the adults, to me, it's life or death. Everything they do is life or death. It, for an adult, because a street fight is life or death. For right. a kid, it's school, schoolyard dominance and anti-bullying. So it's two different arts because one is to kill right away. He's trying to kill you in a street fight. Right. It, for the kids, you you're, you don't want anybody to bully you, but you don't want to bully anyone, but it's not life or death. It's just schoolyard dominance, so you have more confidence and you, you don't get hurt and, and, and you have a better life. So they're different arts, but there's no, there's nothing artsy about our art. Our art is a very violent, unfortunately, it's a very violent art because guess what? Like it or not, it's a very violent world and people will punch you in the face. And when they punch you in the face, the concrete is a very unforgiving medium to fall on. Right. 
Especially but, when, when your head bounces off it. Yeah, but if you know how to fall properly because you've been taught how to fall, you could fall on the concrete. You know, not, If you're being thrown on your head, there's no falling. But if you're being thrown and you could turn it into an ukemi, you can actually fall on concrete. I've done it. Right. I've trained it. You know, so it really all is all about, you know, it, it's kind of there's almost. No ume kata. This is, I mean, because well, you kind of, like when you say, oh, you said one, two, and that's a kata. But when we're doing, when I'm talking about kata, I'm talking about what most people think of when they, that's what, to me, that's what a kata, if you go to a tournament and say, I want to go to, I want to enter the kata division, you're not going to do a, a backdrop and then put your hands out and, and, and then throw a one, two, that's not a kata. And, and so I'm doing what people, when I talk kata, I'm talking about what most, what most people think of as a, as a kata, you know what I mean? Yeah, and again, you're right, and that's the, that was our debate really initially is what everyone's vision is of what the word kata invokes. People are like, oh, kata, you know, and they think of it as only a prearranged dance routine, 24, 34 moves um, for demonstration purposes. But, um, you know, and, and I think, honestly, it's really the misinterpretation of the word because kata – um, in my vocabulary, means so much more. And I agree with you. I think we're on the same page in regards to this, and we could debate this forever too, but I think we're on the same page that realism is everything in the martial arts. And I think that, um, uh, you know, uh, we believe that we have to also uh, learn how to defend ourselves, but certain martial arts schools are teaching it for an activity, um, you know, for self-confidence, for self-esteem, to learn how to focus better, and they, they've taken the martial arts side out of things. And I think that that's kind of sad. And uh, the military, the fighting aspects, and they, they don't even teach it. Some schools don't even claim to teach self-defense, which to me, I don't even understand because a punch in the face to me is self-defense. Someone throws a punch and you block and hit him back. That's self-defense to me. Um, so again, I, I honestly believe that, you know, there are certain values in what we do and kata and that we do and how we teach it. But I get it, and I understand what you're saying, that sometimes it could be useless, especially if you only have a short amount of time to teach it. However, I believe that if it's taught properly, like we do in our school, that kata is valuable, and it really is uh, – it is, it's a very um, foundational portion of our martial art. Dwayne, hey, John, let me ask you this question then real quick. Uh, with regards to the, the kata, um, would you say then the, 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 the kata could be an upgrade in, in, a, in a school? I think I think it should if you like kata and love it. I even tried to bring it back because I know katas. I mean, if you watch my seminar at the uh, Super Show, I did a kata. I know katas. I had I came up with katas, you know, when I was coming up in Kajukempo, and that's one of the reasons I kind of didn't don't really. I call my system Hawaiian Kempo now because to me there are too many prearranged things in 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 Kajukempo. Um, so. Uh, so I, I tried to I tried to bring it back and do a special class just for katas, and I guess people have been with me so long, no adults wanted to do it, and like one kid out of all our kids liked it a little bit, but they just were like, eh, let's just let's go back and do grappling class or or nunchucks, the padded nunchucks or something else that's 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 an upgraded thing. Um, that's I mean that's that's what they wanted to do instead. So. You know, that's, I mean, they don't, my guys don't even like it anymore, but yeah. I, I, I think it should, could be an upgrade, but I think if you're wasting your time in, 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 in your core curriculum, you're doing your students a disservice. And, and, and I, I think it's, it's a misnomer to call your school a martial, 
you know, martial arts school, if you're teaching half of the class, teaching them a bunch of silly movements. And I think they are, for the most part, what I see, like if you have a good kata and you're coming in, I mean, I don't consider that a kata, but that's great. But the kind of katas I see, like like even at like the super show, those are beautiful dancing-like movements, but they have nothing, nothing to do with the reality. And to me, they don't teach focus. They don't teach discipline. They don't teach anything but how to do as much as uh, t- taking your kid to modern dance class. I mean, there's discipline that you got to practice the movements, but I don't think anyone should have to memorize movements to get promoted. I don't think they should be in, in any belt system where you have to learn these movements. This might be like Chuck Liddell, and he didn't l- learn 20 movements in a kata. So guess what? You don't get your brown belt, Chuck. You know what well, I mean? Well, so, was, was Chuck a Kempo stylist under you? Did he practice Kempo? Yeah. yeah, yeah so he got his, he you, got you his black belt. In the Kempo arts, there there are movements that you practice to learn. You know, uh, you know, sweeping dragon or three moves. Not in your art because I mean, not, the system, the Parker system. You know, I, the Tao system. I came up, I came up, I came up in Hawaii under Kaja Kempo, strict mm-hmm. Kaja Kempo. The old days when there's no Siju or Sifu, there was no Chinese terminology like there is now. Yeah. Like Kaja Kempo was a hardcore. Here and added kung fu, and it became more of a soft art with the sense to sifu. And we had no Chinese terminology in Hawaii the old days. Um, yeah. But there were katas which I didn't like, and I would tell my instructor Walter Godin, I would say like I was like 13 years old, and I was doing these stupid katas. And I'd say, Chief, because we all called them Chief. I go, What? What? Am, why are we doing this movement? It's called you know you put one leg up, called the shooting star. Right. And he was like. Well, they're supposed to say that you're blocking with this hand and blocking with this hand. I go, but this would never happen in reality. He goes, he would, okay. He say, shut the f up. Like he say, well, they're supposed to say that you're blocking with this hand and blocking with this hand. I go, but this would never happen in reality. He goes, he would, okay. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, he would say, hold on a second. Something's going on. I'm sorry about that. My computer started up and it was replaying what we had already. I apologize. Yeah, you were uh, you were watching the Facebook live feed. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I hit I hit it to see the comments and it started playing our yeah. what we had recorded. So I apologize. So, so my good old I tell him that I say these movements are a waste of time, and he'd say, "Shut the f up!" I swear to you, shut the f. Up. I tell you to. And we know the curriculum. So when I got my black belt, I took him out of the curriculum. And 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 Walter Godin came to Chuck's black belt test. He came to watch my system. He saw me change my system from Kaja Kempo to Hawaiian Kempo. Because I when I took out all the katas, I didn't think it would be true to call it Kaja Kempo because it wasn't Kaja Kempo anymore. So I just came up with a name. And I'm from Hawaii. And I like Kempo because it means law of the fist. Yeah. So I called I called it Hawaiian Kempo. We have nothing to do with like American Kempo with all that like just Speakman stuff and um, or Ed Parker stuff. Hawaiian Kempo is just um, something I made in 1985. It's just it's just the four base: wrestling, grappling, and 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 conditioning, and that's what you need to test. Yeah. You need to show me proficiency in those things, and you have to be in better. Your main reason that guys 
promote in my system, the main testing criteria yeah. is their conditioning. Their right. conditioning goes up and their techniques look better, but it's the same techniques. You're yeah. learning the exact same things as a white belt as you are as a brown belt. Yeah. But your conditioning is going up exponentially, but you don't ever have to learn some kind of silly pre-rounds moves to get a belt. And I think that's criminal that you can, your kids or any adult has to say, well, I'm great. I'm, I'm the best artist in the class, but I couldn't memorize these 20 movements, so I didn't get my belt. Okay, I agree. I agree. And, and there are certain things on there that I totally agree with you 100%. I still think we're kind of uh, at a little bit of an odds as far as value in the kata. But you know what? We're running out of time. And I want there we have, John, we have a lot of comments. I don't know if you could see it on Facebook. It's like massive amounts no. of comments. Um, right. So one, one of my friends that I know, uh, Jody Tension, who's, a, I don't know if you know Jody, he's a big a sparring guy in New York City, a tournament a competitor, a fighter. He trains Jody. And Jody says, you know, kata's not the problem. I'd rather have a kata that um, – what it just moved on me. Uh, <laughs> oh, darn. Uh, yeah, kata's not the problem. I'd rather have a kata that has jab, cross, hook, leg kick, and a roundhouse, whatever a routine is, in, in new kata. He's saying that, you know, yeah. the old kata is, you know, uh, you know, this movement. And can I add to this? It's like some people say just because the old masters taught it doesn't mean that it has to be taught – in the modern day. And I, and I kind of have a little bit of an issue with that because I'm a very spiritual martial artist and what I, and I have to say that I believe that, that you are too. Okay. So, so for me though, I think that there is value in the history and the culture and the traditions and the dogma of, of the martial arts, because it creates you to be a martial artist, not just a fighter. And, um, and you know, so if you want to learn how to fight, and you want to, you know, MMA, BJJ, going to Muay Thai classes, going to a gym and learning how to fight, that's all fine. In my mind, if you want to become a martial artist, and I'm holding my quote fingers up, people could see it, um, is that, you know, a martial artist is different. They have a different mental fortitude and discipline and focus and control and work ethic and, you know, and so on. So it really all depends on what you want out of your art. And yeah, those classical traditions, sometimes just the bowing and the traditions of a martial art are very, very important. Do you disagree on, on all of that? Yeah, I because I, I I consider myself very spiritual, very um, mm -hmm. as a martial artist, um, and I I think, but I think that gets lost. And if you want to be a traditional martial artist, which I am, I mean, we wear a belt, we wear a gi, we we bow, we 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 go through the chain of command, we do our traditional martial arts, just like I did coming up, right? But. But I feel bringing it up, just like my instructor, Walter Goodine, who passed away, uh, always told me, um, if it doesn't, if you don't like it, take it out of your, out of the curriculum. It's not going to hurt my feelings. And to me, I'm very traditional. I, uh, you know, I pay homage. If you look at my Instagram today, my Instagram today is, um, is, uh, is about my, is paying homage to my martial arts. Right. My, my, right. That's what my Instagram is today. That's what my, yeah. that was my patch. Yeah. I pay hom, I pay hom, our system and we bow and we meditate. I, you know, I do all that, but that doesn't mean I want to bring in, uh, you know, ineffective techniques that are going to get my students hurt or killed or waste their time. So I'm very traditional and I, and, and, and you're really wrong about the, the fighters. Um, 
Most fighters, like all my fighters that fight in the cage, including Chuck, he got his black belt before he started fighting. Yeah. So did Glover. So did Court McGee got his black belt. Yeah, but my, they're, martial, my, they're, martial art, they're martial artists, though. There are so many but, fighters that but, are not. But they're not. There's not. There's, there's, there are some, just like in any – just like there's – true martial arts instructors that try to play traditional like they're so traditional they're even white people that like talk like they're asian because they want to seem like me okay but they're not real either but they're yeah. most mma fighters almost all of them if you go to american top team which is the biggest you know fight team in the world the bet you know the fighters yeah cool there's hundreds of fighters every one of them that i that i talk i walk up to they bow. Instead of sensei, they call their instructors coach. Yeah. Same respect like they do. They call a, um, like they call a, a karate guy called Sifu or Kung Fu Sifu. So they are true martial arts. These guys that are fighting in the cage, I'd say 95% of them are true martial artists. And 5% are just in it. By the time you make the UFC, I don't think you're uh, – I don't think there's any that aren't a true martial artist already because once you made the UFC, you've had to pay all those dues. And you're a martial artist. You might not know katas, but your mind is re- – you look at some guys, they drop the guy, and the guys, they could hit him three more times. The referee's on the other side, and they just bow and walk away. There right. are unbelievable martial artists in MMA. So yeah. when people say, oh, MMA, tap out, and it's a bunch of thugs, it's not like that. And, yeah. and most uh, – I most, know. Like, like I said, if you go to American, every, almost every fighter, every fighter I meet or I talk to, they'll come to me, Hey, coach Hackleman, I got a question. And they're, they're respectful, just as respectful as if you go to a Taekwondo gym and they bow and say whatever. So I think you're wrong in that the fighter isn't a martial artist. There's some that aren't, but there's some guys in a dojo that aren't really martial arts. So, and, and, I, and I agree with you there. I mean, maybe that was, maybe, you know, that not that's definitely not how I meant it because, you know, a lot of my friends are MMA champions, Kung Lee, Frank Shamrock, you know, Dan Severin. Oh, they're martial arts. They're yeah, martial yeah, artists. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, I mean, Mark I agree. Coleman. Mark Coleman is a wrestler. He's never, he didn't yeah. even know any martial art. Right. Martial arts. So they don't, wrestling is as much of a martial art as karate is. Yeah. But people don't consider it. Or boxing is just as much of a martial art as as karate or taekwondo, and they have a different they have a different respect. They respect their trainers like karate guys respect their senseis. Right, and exactly. that whole coach and that whole coach thing that came from wrestling. And wrestlers respect their coaches, so they're martial artists. In their right. heart, they really so, are. So we have a lot. I mean, we could go on and on forever. And I mean, it's a great debate, and I love it. And I'm, I'm hoping that people kind of saw both sides of our story. I, I like that. That's the good news, bad news, bad news, good news. Um, so, uh, and there are a lot of people now. People are now. I don't know if they're doing it to you, but they're private messaging me. They're, you know, they're saying know. to me, they're saying, you know, hey, you know, Kata without Bunkai. Ah, you know, so, so there's a lot of people doing that, but. Um, uh, we have a lot of comments. Mostly everyone really enjoyed this. I'd love to do this with you again. I'd love to debate you on wrist locks and, and throws and, and all of that stuff. But uh, heck yeah. you, you got to watch my video and critique it all you want on, on YouTube, uh, the, my, my uh, 18 lock series. Um, and uh, I, I did one, I did one critique on, and there's this guy, he's like an angry guy. He was like, he was like in the camera, you come down here. And he gave me like an address. You don't think wrist locks work. And he's like, 
pumped up on steroids or something. Yeah. Wrist like this, motherfucker. It's like, yeah. oh, God. Yeah, know. well, you know, anyway. not, not everyone's going to agree. And I'm glad we're, we, we're friends with each other. It depends on how you're doing it. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that uh, we both have really great points. I do think, though, we agree a lot on, on the reality of stuff, you know, and, and that's important. For you and I, I could leave off saying that, I like what you say about reality. I like that you're saying that you have to train for real, that you shouldn't be training fluff unless, unless that's why you're training just to exercise, right? And have fun and learn, you know, whatever. And but tell I tell your people, tell your people, I, 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 I'm all for kata, but then tell your students, okay, I'm teaching you these moves. These aren't real and they're not for the street. And if you want to pay me to teach you, I'll teach you. But I think if you're teaching them fluff stuff like katas, most yeah. most katas, <laughs> as long as you're telling your students, like when I tell them, we do stuff in a horse stance. Yeah. And I say, I love the horse stance because it builds up your legs. And to be honest, I just like to see you guys in it. Yeah. Some stuff I tell my students, some stuff I make you guys do during class because if it entertains me <laughs> and I'm here for an hour teaching you some things entertain me. Like sometimes I let two guys spar and they go a little too hard and I just sit back and go, come on guys, go for it. And then I said, I just start laughing. I go, you guys are entertaining me. I should have to pay you guys for this. Yeah. So there there are some, and our classes, guess what? My wife does a great job, but our classes have never, ever been fuller. Our adult class and our kids class. We're starting yesterday. Our biggest topic in our meeting was, where we're going to fit the other classes during the day because classes are getting so crowded. But the horse stance is one of them. You're never going to fight in this position. I'm going to do this horse stance. You're never going to fight like that. But it's that the horse stance is our planking. You know what planking is? Yeah, of course. But do you know why the horse stance started? Do you know why the horse stance was actually developed? It was developed actually. Because in Tijuana – they ride short, fat horses. That's where it came from. Yeah, well, well, in, in the martial arts was – no, in, in, for reality, though, it was to prepare themselves for being on horseback. So, um, you know, for that strength of being in the stirrups and the saddle and being on horseback. So there was a true essence to the horse stance. But, so, okay, and, you know, and there's, there's a good – you're bringing up that, that point where, where – Oh, you got some background again. Is somebody watching? You're good. Okay, um, but that's that's perfect because, yeah, back in the it's not back in the old days anymore. We don't churn butter yeah, either. Yeah, but, but didn't so, it build? You, you know, we're still doing squat presses in the gym, right? I mean, it's still a good strength exercise, and we yeah. still use it. So, I mean, you, again, if I, I'm never going to tell my students to stand in a horse stand square in front of an opponent and put their hands in chamber. However, we will practice punches and kicks and stuff like that from the stance to develop strength. You're right, though. I have to be clear, and I am, on explaining to them that this is not something you should be doing in a street fight. This is just for exercise purposes. So, yeah. uh, but, but um, anyway, I think that that's, it's so important, and I, I think we're going to have to close it up real soon. So, um, right, Train, we're running out of time. So, um, so we're going to kind of wrap it up. Do you have any real quick things you want to finish it up with? No, I think we talked about it all. I, I love, I love Kata. I'm a very traditional. Mar- I'm the, what am I wearing right now? I'm wearing my gi pants. That's all I wear. You see me. Yeah, this I, is what I wear. I wear my gi every day. I yeah. wear my gi pants everywhere. I'm, I'm as traditional a one I know even more. Tra- martial arts is my life. It's my life. 
but I think, but I'm, but I'm a realist too. And I think if you're teaching your students some type of silly movement, and I love silly movement because Kata and pop blocking to me are exactly the same. And they're just as effective as each other in a real fight. Cause I could take this move right here and I could turn that into a punch. All right. Right. So, but I'm, but I'm not going to teach pop. Or will I teach katas? Cause I could do a kata if I have to. Yeah. So big. That's all I got. But I love, I, uh, I just, I just don't want to waste anyone's time and I don't want anyone to get jumped in the street and it's a life or death situation. And they change your chamber of their hand because that's what they're they're you're gonna do what's in your muscle memory. And if they're always changing your chamber in their hand, then all of a sudden they're gonna change your chamber of the hand and crack them in the chin. They're gonna hit the ground, bounce their head off the ground because they can't do a backdrop because they're already knocked out. Yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna die because they chambered their hand. That's why they didn't bring their hand up because instinctively they go into and they practice their moves from here. So chambering your hand will get you killed. So I don't like that kind of stuff. And I'm very passionate about it because mm -hmm. to me, it could kill your students. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well, hey, Brad, I want to thank you for being a part of this. And of course, Allie, thank you very much. And uh, I just thank want to remind everybody that you guys can subscribe to the podcast, go to schoolandtalk.com, whether you are on a you know, uh, an iOS system or Android, all that information is there. And John, I know that you do some Facebook live videos. Do you want to tell everybody how they could watch your videos? Yeah, just in the mornings, like, you know, right around eight o'clock Pacific time, uh, it's uh, com forward slash the pit master. Can you say that again? Just because you cut out. Oh, uh, it's, uh, it's just facebook.com forward slash. Pitmaster, he said, the Pitmaster. Okay, so Facebook.com forward slash Pitmaster around 8 a.m. The, uh, the Pitmaster. The Pitmaster. The Pitmaster. Okay. All right. And then, and then, my, Insta and then my Instagram, on my Instagram, Pit underscore Master, I put out self-defense techniques uh, a couple of weeks. And it's pretty, it's pretty entertaining stuff, too, on my Facebook, uh, Instagram. All right, and we'll put a link uh, also on uh, uh, schoolandertalk.com so that they can get uh, access to all that, sir. Awesome. John, I'll talk to you soon, though. You and I will keep in touch. And, uh, Dwayne, thanks for moderating. Everyone, thanks for listening. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, debate um, and, uh, you know, uh, a discussion, I should say. And uh, I'm really happy that you were here with us this morning. So everyone go out and teach your students and make sure that they learn how to defend themselves, okay? And we'll... We'll Don't let anyone take your lunch money. Don't let anyone take your lunch money, guys. Exactly. All right, John, take care. See you All soon. Right. Bye. All right, see you.